Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean. And neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we move on, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Now, not so we much a point, just, we just don't need to heresy talk about this. at the we, highest order. We don't need to talk about this. I think let's we should just, mention it again. I mean, people already know what this is. Let's just move on. Yeah, I can't believe that you used a J.K. Rowling quote and tried to try to play it off as a Tolkien one. Just just pretend it was Tolkien and hope no one knows. You said with such confidence, you know. Yeah, I still um, don't know what I was doing. I just, <laughs> I think, yeah, I just got the two confused. There's there's no there's there, there's nothing more to it than that. I just thought that I was quoting Gandalf, um, and I wasn't. They're, they're two old wizards, to be fair. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a, it's a massive compliment to J.K. Rowling, so I'm, I'm sure she... Yeah. Anyway, moving. Moving uh, swiftly you're on. Probably going to get us cancelled by all the... Uh, probably. Anti-Rowlingers. Yes, moving swiftly on. Um, so, obviously, House of the Dragon has been out at the time of listening for three weeks. Is that right? The three, three or four episodes out now. Something along those lines. Yes, I, I've not seen a single one of them. Have you? No, I haven't either, and that's because you have to pay for it. And I'm yeah, it's really annoying, cheap. isn't it? <laughs> I'm wait, I'm waiting for them all to be out, and then I'm going to pay for a no TV for one week and binge them all. <laughs> Great minds think alike. That's exactly what I've got planned. As well. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping for like the Christmas holidays or something. For it oh, that's a great up. show. Yeah. That's a really good show. Um. But obviously, House of Dragon revolves around the one of the famous conflicts in George R. R. Martin's uh, backstory to Song of Ice and Fire, uh, Indeed. the Dance of the Dragons. Uh, and there's a lot of chat on Reddit, Twitter, social media as to whether which which side people are starting to fall on for the dance, you know, green or black. Uh, and we thought about talking about. It that but given it's not all out yet and neither of us have seen any of it we thought what we would do instead is pick a perhaps more contentious would you say topic I, my, my, my thought with the dance is everyone is awful right everyone in the dance is awful yes there's there's no good guy i don't know i don't know how they're doing it in the show but like there are no good guys. There's no one you can root for. They're all just varieties of evil. Whereas with with the Blackfire Rebellions, which is what we're going to talk about, I think there might be more nuance to it. Potentially, yes. Um, potentially. I, th- I think there are some not totally abhorrent people. Um, Kicking around somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess there's an argument to be had about legitimization of, of bastards. There's, there's a lot... I think that we can talk about, as I think as we said earlier before coming on, I think where we're going to end up talking is what what does a legitimate claim look like? I think is probably where we end up. But yeah, probably um, in, in sort of abstract terms. Very, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but right off the bat, I think one of the one of the points I want to make before we really get stuck in is, I mean, we're, we're no strangers to family trees, having actually covered the, the sort of Tolkienariums various yeah, we, trees. Yeah, we, we've had a run at the family tree of the first age, so we should be able to deal with this. The problem with this is it's a fucking mess and a half, the Targaryen family tree, because like everyone f- marries their fucking sister. It's like a family circle. It really is. They're all just connected lines. It's completely freaky. I'm so confused. It's also a huge family. It's a huge family. To think that it runs all the way back to the Targaryen family tree, it runs all the way back to sort of... Pre-Valyrian fall, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a long, long way, and everyone marries within the family. You'd think that kind of would make the family tree easier, but it, it makes it really incomprehensible as well. They have too many kids. This is where I think I'm coming to. So you look at... yeah. I'm not. I'm not going too far back. I'm not. I'm not going back as far as the dance. But you look at, like, well, egg on the fourth is where we're going to do a lot of talking, I suspect. But egg on the third has one, two, three, four, five, six kids. Yeah, and uh, then Damon Blackfire's got seven at least. Damon Blackfire's got about a thousand. Um, Dare on the second has f- four sons. And then, like, if you go back to Aegon the Third, his daughter spawns a family tree that, like, remarries back in at some point. Yeah. It's so weird. It's completely messed up. What are you doing, people? And what doesn't help as well is, is the naming conventions, which is true of, of, of actual royal houses. I mean, we, you know, we're recording this in, in a few days after the sort of naming of King Charles the Third. Yeah, you know when you need to use numbers after your name, perhaps it's not the best naming convention. No, then no. kind of defeats the point of having a name in some ways. We were my family were having a chat about what what name the then Prince of Wales was likely to to take, and we you know the the, the there was outside money on Edward the Ninth, George the Seventh. I can't believe he didn't take Arthur. Henry the Ninth. Not taking Arthur was... That would have been a very big play. Um, but, like, come on. Haven't the, the, the French had about 16 Louis? See, yeah, with the French, I suppose, at that point, you're like, okay, fair enough. They're just... They're literally all called Louis. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one... They're just counting upwards at this point. Or, or counting yeah. down, as I suppose, is more yeah. after the French. Um yeah, so so not not helpful when you're trying to look at family trees, and, and all you can see is Aegons and Viserys's mm. and Darons and stuff. It's just you know not helpful. Yeah, it's it's really really difficult, and and I don't really want to talk about the dance because it's it's just weird. But you look at the the players in the dance, and you've got a Ryella, Rhaenyra. Like they're the Rainies. These are all the same people. Raina, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, I guess these it, uh, names sound like they're dragons. Well, yeah, I suppose in some ways they are, aren't they? I suppose. But before we just completely lose our minds, should we tr- should we try and focus in on? The Blackfires. 
Yes, so Aegon the Fourth, as you mentioned, um, what reigned from 172 to 184 after the conquest. Yes, something I noticed actually: these guys don't hang around for very long. <laughs> no, you've got to you've got to go to someone like Jaehaerys the First, yeah, uh, to get like a proper decent. But he he essentially reign. reigned for most of the chunk, didn't he? And then... Yeah, he reigns for sixty odd years. Sixty odd years. Um, Aegon, Aegon the Fifth did thirty. That's not bad. Ah, good old egg. Um, good old egg. Good old egg. Uh, Aegon the First reigned for thirty. But yeah, you're you're yeah, absolutely... you to wonder at what point he crowned himself. I can't remember. Uh, well, he, immediately he, he, upon taking. Yeah, he he <laughs> reigned from year one after conquest. So. Whatever that was, yeah, yeah, but I mean, he was he was kind of in charge for, for more than that. You would have thought, uh, yeah. It, it depends when they whether they count from sort of the field of fire or the landing or when it doesn't matter. Yeah, so yeah, Aegon Aegon the Fourth, hundred and seventy two, son of Viserys the Second, who didn't last very long at all, actually. No, um, and that, that's not it's not too long after the whole dance situation, really, is it? Actually. No, so the, matter of fact, it's, it's almost immediately after. <laughs> I think Viserys the second is sort of the guy who pulls it all together after the dance. I think, yeah, because he, he's Rhaenyra's son. oldest son. So why does Aegon the third come first? Because Aegon the third re- question. Aegon the third reigns from one hundred thirty-one to one hundred fifty-seven AC. Viserys the second from one hundred seventy-one to one hundred seventy-two. Now, Viserys the second is Aegon the third's hand. He is, but why does Aegon get the throne first? So he was. We the the, the family tree might not be right. That he might not be in the right place, right? Oh yeah, Viserys' older brother Aegon. Yeah, so the family tree is showing that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's because Viserys the Second has a longer trail. Like Aegon the Third's issue yeah, that stops makes at Baylor. That makes sense. I think so. You pull Viserys over, so you Aegon the Fourth is your central point. That's confusing. Yeah. And, and this this is where it already becomes confusing, right? Because Aegon the Third's line goes back into Aegon's line. Way um, down. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't actually meet up. It looks like they're going to. Um, but they don't actually meet up. Well, it's where the Blackfires come from. Oh, <laughs> uh, through, through Aegon the Third's Dana, yeah, yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was David following Blackfire, yeah, with, with Aegon the Fourth. I was following Elena. Elena, whoever that is. So yeah. Aegon the Fourth rules, as you say, from 172 to 184 after the crusade, after the conquest, and is by all accounts awful. I think I think that sort of goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so your point is well made that the Dance of Dragons, everyone's awful. But the, the issue I'm sort of having with this in general is that the Targaryens seem to be binary, right? They're either completely dreadful. Or they're good. So I, I have ish, I take issue with this because this is the famous every time a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin. Mm-hmm. Quote. Yeah. And whether it lands on greatness or madness, if you look at the Targaryens, most of them are just pretty bang average, tending towards bad. 
Right. Who are, who are the great ones? Aegon the first. Jaehaerys the first. Jaehaerys the first. And maybe, maybe Egg. Um, They're on the second, maybe. Damon Blackfire, maybe. Magor the first was a. Magor the first was evil. So, so I think I think you have far more in the evil or bad. You, You do. Yeah, maybe, maybe the others are indeed just average. You, you, you might be right about that. So is the second pretty average. So is the first pretty average. Like, all everyone in the dance is average to bad. And then Ares was awful. But part of the problem... Okay. Part of the problem might be... I'm not sure if this is actually true, but part of the pr- problem might be that... Incest? What? Well, yes. No, that is definitely <laughs> just the problem. No, what I was going to say is the good ones don't end up king. So of the kids of Jaehaerys the first, most of the good ones yeah. don't end up king because they all die. Same but, with uh, Maekar's kids. Not uh, not Maekar, sorry. They're in the second kids, right? So Baelor Breakspear yeah, w- well, would have yeah. been another Jaehaerys, but he dies. Um, good old egg. Yeah, good old egg. Bad, bad old egg. Bad old egg. Oh, bad dunk, rather. Um, <laughs> yes, and I, I think you've probably opened up a very interesting point of discussion in terms of the Blackfire Rebellion already, right? The the sort of question of uh, you why saw that do I the good that ones not become kings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you saw that I yeah. slipped that in there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comments about that, please. <laughs> Yeah, he can't take the feedback, guys. Just don't bother. I really can't. I can only dish it out. Um, yes. So, yes, I think your point is well made. The the vast majority of them are evil, and I, and I <laughs> would I would make the argument for genetics there. Um, it's, it's literally just all the incest that you're doing. All the incest. <laughs> and, and then yes, you essentially have a few good people, and the rest yeah. are probably kind of forgettable. Well, I guess the rest also have fairly short reigns, and so does anyone really care that much? That's that's also true. Lots of these people that we're throwing off as bang average don't have time to do anything of note, really. Yeah, like Viserys the second, you know, reigns for like a year. I mean, who who cares, right? Sure, he's he's Aegon the third's um, hand for a long time, but you're you're right. Yeah, he is, yeah. He as is. as a king, he doesn't do much, you're right. Yeah, exactly. At that point you've probably barely formed like you've yeah. barely found a new hand, etc. So it's it's you know, what are they realistically going to do? Um Viserys the first just sort of rests on Jaehaerys the first's laurels and doesn't really do very much. But why sort of would yeah, you but it's, because... In some cases, you don't, right? Because Jaehaerys did so much for the realm yeah. that it's sort of like, you know, let's let's coast. Let's just not fuck it up. Bel- Belgian style of politics, you know. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just keep everything going yeah. the way it is. Put up a civil service and uh, go with the flow. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's lots of that. So a- Aegon the Fourth um, kind of shagged around, and that that's unusual. No, but he seemed to make. Make it uh, not make it worse. He seemed to be worse than most of the the others, I think. And and obviously, the biggest worst thing that he did was on his deathbed legitimize 
all of his children. He epitomizes that um, that Alfred scene, uh, of which he actually sent me a gift not long ago. <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I think Aegon was dying, and he thought to himself, you yeah. know what, we've been at peace for some time. Let's fuck this shit up. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. yes, legitimized his bastard children, which is a problem. So the, the, the quote from The World of Ice and Fire is... His last act before his death, all accounts agree, was to set out his will. And in it, he left the bitterest poison the realm ever knew. He legitimised all of his natural children, from the most base-born to the great bastards, the sons and daughters born to him by women of noble birth. Now, scores of his natural children have never been acknowledged. One, scores, good going, mate. Yeah. Aegon's dying declaration meant not to them. For his acknowledged bastards, however, it meant a great deal. And for the realm, it meant blood and fire for five generations. That, yeah. that That's what he leaves the, the realm with. Now he's succeeded by his only legitimate son, pre-legitimization. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the issue, right? Pre-legitimization is... Yeah. He's his only son from the actual marriage he was in. <laughs> yes, they're on the second. Uh, and the real complicating factor is that he has an older child. He has an older son, Damon. Damon Blackfire. By, as you said, Dana. Dana? Who is. Yeah, I guess so. Dana, yeah. The, who's Aeon IV's cousin. The, the daughter of Aegon the Third and the sister to sister and wife to Baylor the the Blessed. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so, so Dana, who's Aegon the Third's daughter, uh-huh. who marries Baylor the Baylor the Blessed, as you yeah, say. Yeah, so he's she's Baylor the Blessed's sister wife, and she's one of the three who gets locked in the Maiden Vault. Yes, she did also. You know, yeah. gets gets it on with Aegon the Fourth to have Daemon. Oh, Targaryens! So, so, so it's technically, well, it's not. Um, but Daemon is as Targaryen as they come, realistically. He's equally Targaryen with Daenerys the Second. Yes, just illegitimate is the issue. Uh, well, there's a so Viserys the Second's wife is Lara Roger. Aegon the third is Daenerys Valerian. So he may actually be more Valerian than Daron the second. Because the, Valer- the Valerians or the Valerians are also Valerian, aren't they? Yes. Because they, they marry into the Targaryens often when you don't have a spare sister to marry. Yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? Because they seem to be less highborn than the Targaryens. It's, it's, it's the fact that Aegon the Fourth's mother, she was of lease, actually, which is which is almost extra strange. So she could be, yeah, potentially some Valyrian shenanigans there as well. Yeah, because the Lysine are. Uh, 
have Valyrian blood, don't they? Yeah, but but yes, I think the argument stands that Damon, who later styles himself Black Five for reasons that I'm sure we won't ever talk about, never know, um, is arguably more Valyrian than his oh god, his half brother Darum. Yes, I think that's right. Cousins, the, 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 all of the great bastards are half siblings. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's actually one of the motivations in terms of the the, yeah, the eventual rebellion is that he's more Valyrian. I don't. I don't think it is. I think the the the, the real sort of drive of the rebellion seems to be that Damon is older and yeah. more kingly. To kingly some. is it? Or ne- not necessarily kingly. Knightly. <clears throat> knightly. Yes. I think is a better way of putting it. So, yeah, so you know, I've got a quote for that actually. Okay. From um, I forget what the short story is called. One of the one of the Sir Duncan the Tall. The Hedge Knight. It's from it's from a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, whichever one of the three books in that. Yeah, anthology. exactly the one the one where he meets uh, Rohan of something or other. Oh, I know which one you mean. So, yeah. so they're, they're working for a man called, or, or rather, Duncan is working for a man called Eustace Osgray. And yes. he's got an interaction with Egg, who at this time is obviously Duncan's squire and incognito. And Eustace yeah. says, they're talking about the rebellion, I guess, and says, because Damon was the better man, the uh-huh. old king saw it too. He gave the sword to Damon, Blackfire, the sword of Aegon the Conqueror, that blade that every Targaryen king had wielded <laughs> since the conquest. Yeah. He put that sword in Damon's hand the day he knighted him a boy of twelve. To which Egg says... My father says that was because Damon was a swordsman and Daron never was. Why give a horse to a man who cannot ride? The sword was not the kingdom, he says. Yes. And then Eustace says your father was a fool. Clearly not knowing who he's talking about. But So so we are, I guess, going to talk about Blackfire. <laughs> um, but, but also the idea that... So Damon was clearly a better swordsman and a knight than Daron. Well, so this no is no debate about that. No, no one debates that. Baylor Breakspear earns his. So that's Daron the Second's eldest son, earns his nickname when he breaks a lance against Damon Blackfire in a tourney at the age of seventeen. Right. So yeah. he's D- Damon Blackfire is Jaehaerys the First. Well, someone like Aegon the First, Maekar the. Megor the first like levels of swordsman, right? Yeah. He's he's Aemon the Dragon Knight, that sort of person. And Daron isn't. No, but, Daron's a lot more scholarly in many ways, isn't he? Yeah, but he, he gets called Daron the Good. The Good, yeah. Because he, while not martially inclined, stabilizes the realm, you know, seen widely as just and good hearted. Stabilizes is... the realm, also brings in Dawn, but he does so in, in a way that I think is pretty unpopular. Which so This is absolutely right. Yeah, he marries Miriam Martel, who is the sister of the Prince of Dawn, and marries the Prince of Dawn to his sister Daenerys. Yes, although that probably has two purposes. One, one, yeah, obviously being Dawn. Yeah. The other sort of potentially being a dig at his oldest half-brother in that 
he supposedly loved Daenerys. Allegedly. Damon. Allegedly, yes. But this this is all where how much and obviously we're sort of half talking in, half talking out of universe. But you have to wonder how much of the stuff like that, oh it was a dig at Damon Blackfire because Damon loved Daenerys, is sort of Blackfire supporter propaganda. Potentially, yeah. Which is another thing I think we're going to come going to need to come on to is who is the driving force behind the first Blackfire Rebellion. Because I don't necessarily think it's Damon. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that, because I also don't know. No, so one of one of the other great bastards is Agor Rivers, who is the son of I'm gonna get this right, Barbara Bracken. So the dark-haired daughter of Lord Bracken of Stonehenge, who was a companion to the three princesses in the Maiden Ball. So Agor Rivers becomes known as Bittersteel. And I think he he's one of he's one of Damon's biggest supporters during the rebellion, and he goes on to found the Golden Company, the Sellsword Company in Essos. But I think he is a lot of the driving force behind the sort of initial building of support yes I think you're right but still is a major driving force yeah and it sets bitter steel up against Brendan rivers who is becomes Brynden Blackraven, sorry, Bloodraven, who is the son of Melissa Blackwood. Now, obviously, the Brackens and the Blackwoods are both Riverlander houses who have a huge amount of natural enmity, historical enmity. Oh, this is so... <laughs> this is so confusing. So, because... So, Hang on, Daron is older than Damon, right? Daron? No, I don't think he is. No, he is, because Damon was born in 170, whereas Daron was born in 153. The the problem with Daron is that he he crowns himself the minute his father dies, which is a little bit problematic. Daron? (laughs) Yeah, Daron Daron the second, yeah. I thought no, because he, because he, so he no, crowns you're... himself, and then he marries off Damon when Damon is thirteen. <laughs> Rowan of Tyrosh. So, so Damon is That's younger. So weird. A big part of all of this is that Brynden, no, um, Agar Rivers, who Agar Rivers starts a rumor. Daron is not Aegon the Fourth's son. He is Aemon the Dragon Knight's son. Oh yeah, it's challenging his. So, so that that legitimacy fix, yeah. that fixes the age problem. That's right. Yes, that's right. Um, 
Although that's never it's not it's not supported by sorted out, anything. is it? So. It's not supported by anything. So, 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 the, so there's a few things. So I guess th- there's that. There's the fact he crowned himself. There's the fact that he gave Dawn so much more than any other of the kingdoms. Yes, was allowed to have. Dawn, Dawn, sort of negotiates for itself a load of extra privileges in the coming together of the kingdoms. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the only the, kingdom that keeps, like, the royal titles, essentially, right? That's because yeah. Daron doesn't have dragons. It's because Daron doesn't have dragons. Right? Yes. Everyone, every other kingdom kneels to Aegon the First. That's the difference. Daron brings Doran into the realm peacefully. Yeah. So it has to be an agreement rather than just bow before me or I'll burn your house down. Yeah. But but regardless, at that point, you do have to wonder Damon's rebellion is illegitimate. Right well, this, from the get-go, this is, this is the question. So right? you have and, to... and if, if we take if we take Bitterseal to one side, because I, I do think he's probably a motivator, if yes. not instigator. So so and and this is <laughs> I think we should we should mention to our listeners that one this of the reasons that we ever started this podcast is is that we <laughs> used to argue about this all the time and that I'm a big fan of you know the rightful king dare on the second I I had a, I spent a lot of time pretending to be a blackfire supporter just Yeah well we should fun. mention it was potentially pretending but uh very well, I, yeah, I was. I, I discovered that it wound people up, so I started to become more and more vocal about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, one of my main motivations is that I really prefer the red dragon on the black field. Yeah, a black dragon on a red field doesn't look good. It just looks awful, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so Daron's claim, I think, is the legitimate one, and he should be the king, for better or worse. If we're going to go by a primogeniture or whatever... Sure. All right. So, so by by basic Westerosi primogeniture, it's Daron the second. Yes, and the fact that he may not be as knightly or as good a warrior or whatever as Damon, yeah, shouldn't feature. No. Nope. But why does he have so much support? Because I I agree with you. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess we have to blame his father, Aegon the Fourth, right? He he legitimizes, yeah. well, he legitimizes everyone, but you know, including Damon, obviously, and he he gives him the fucking sword. It's it's that's the thing that really starts everything, right? That's that's the you want to watch the world burn thing. Do you, do you think it's as simple as the sword? I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think I think the sword is. A big part of the initial claim, definitely. Um, but the, the only thing against the sword is that it give, he gives Damon the sword. Yeah, quite early on, I think. Right. He's given Blackfire. He's knight, isn't he knighted with with Blackfire at like twelve? At twelve, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's only a year before Aegon's death. Yeah, it's, it's one of his last acts. Yeah, because he gives him the sword, which, given that it's the king's sword, essentially, that's how people see it. Um, yeah. Which is almost akin to a scepter, I suppose, in some ways, right? 
yeah, I mean, and then legitimizes him as well. Like that's that's problematic. It's the, the legitimization is a big. The, the two of them working together create create the problem. Yeah, um, but equally, like you know, he had time to write all that in his will, but he didn't write in his will. I want Damon to be the king. Like, no, I think that's. I think that is really important. He doesn't nominate Damon as successor. He legitimizes him. And there's probably an argument to be made that he. Oh, excuse me. That he was doing it as an act of magnam mag of being magnanimous. Magnanimity. Thank you. Um, so you know, I've sired yes. all of these illegitimate children. If I legitimize them, then they become Targaryens in theory, and that may allow them to find better prospects. They'll all be they'll, they'll all be true brothers and sisters to the king. Darren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, plus I, I imagine that Aegon saw Damon as, you know, the the knight of the Seven Kingdoms. I think, I think that's right. I think, that time, but... I think everyone did. That sort of, yeah, yeah, but that's I, sort I, of I, the point of Damon. Yes, but I think that's why he was given the sword. I mean, I think we more or less have evidence for that, right? Is it, you know, yeah. And this is what Aegon the Fifth contends that he was given the sword because he was the knight, he was the warrior who would protect the throne, but he wasn't going to sit on it. Yeah. And Daron wasn't ever going to use a sword, right? So. Well, yeah. Well, this is the, this is the point. He sort of does he see Damon as his version of Aemon the Dragon Knight, his brother. Yes. Now, the yes. issue is, obviously, Aegon the Fourth and Aemon the Dragon Knight fucking hate each other. <laughs> so probably not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, perhaps it's just the people in universe reading too much into it right because ultimately the, the the sword was just a sword i think yeah it just happened to be owned by the king because <laughs> uh, it was it's usually passed down the line pretty normally it's just, it's just when we reach this point that someone deviates from that, that that you get issues yeah but most of the kings before Aegon the fourth were either martially inclined like you know magor Aegon, jaharis or didn't need to be, so they could carry the sword, but they didn't need to yes. use it. Uh, you know, dragons and all that. <laughs> yeah, dragons. Dragons, basically, dragons. I mean, who cares about a sword when you've got dragons? It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and and I've, always, I've always found it a little bit odd, this fascination over uh, Blackfire and... Um, What's the other one called? Dark Sister. Dark Sister, yeah. You know, because surely to the Targaryens, they were just regular swords in some ways. Like Valyrian but, steel to a Targaryen is just steel, right? But I, it it was... Early on, anyway. Early, I think that's the difference. I think if you were to ask Aegon the First or Vizenia yeah, just like, oh, or Renarius or someone, they're like, oh yeah, that's just my sword. But by the time you get to Aegon the Fourth, Viserys the second or further down if you start to look at the quote unquote modern timeline your your young griffs your Daenerys's, even your Rhaegars 
the swords have taken on a somewhat mythological perspective because they're the sword with which, of course it was actually the dragons, but it's the swords with which Aegon and his sisters forged the six or seven kingdoms. Yeah, no, that that's that's true. Um, and I don't I don't know if you know this because I, I don't, but in the Dance of the Dragons, who wields Blackfire? Who wields Blackfire? And does it does that sort of make sense, or is it? Just, you know, the thing with the sword, ultimately, you can, you can take it and go to whoever you want, right? <laughs> as as Aegon the Fourth demonstrates. Yeah, a little bit. I'm just gonna have a quick look. Uh, da, 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 da. Aegon the Second. So yeah, Aegon the Second has it. He takes it after Jaehaerys' death. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Or I don't know. It probably goes through Viserys. But yeah, so well, yeah, I, mean, I, guess, I guess you're first, not going to give it to Rhaenyra. Right? Fun, yeah. So yeah, it it follow it follows the male line. So it goes: yeah. Jaehaerys the first, Viserys the first, Aegon the second, and then to the young dragon, Daron the first. Yeah. So it just follows the king. It doesn't go to Rhaenyra, and it, it well, obviously this is just the a song of ice and fire wiki, but it does say that it it enhanced his. Aegon the Second's legitimacy as compared to Rhaenyra because he yeah, had yeah, the sword, yeah. but it's it's sort of like it's sort of like being in possession of Aegon the First's crown, right? These are just symbols of power. They add to your legitimacy. They don't bestow. They add to your image of legitimacy. They don't, in and of themselves, bestow. Yeah, well, and in the Dance with Dragons, I guess that that matters. Less strong, more. more. Yes, I know what you mean. Because I think it because, matters more because because they have equal claims in some ways, and it's the, like, oh, but I have the sword, so get fucked. <laughs> yeah, Rhaenyra is older, but Aegon is a boy. That's I mean, basically, this, and, and, and there is leads, no precedent. Yeah, and this leads all the way back, right, to uh, Maegor the Cruel. Maegor and, and, and yeah. um and Blackfire debates there as well. So, so in those scenarios, yes, but the fact that it was given purely like to. So someone who's younger than the heir. So that's a thought, actually. If you run all the way back to Ennis and Megor, guess what Aegon the Conqueror did? So Sorry, Aegon the Conqueror was succeeded by Ennis, who is his eldest son. And Ennis gave Blackfire to Megor, yes. his half-brother, his yes. younger, more martially inclined exactly. half-brother. more martially inclined. Yeah, but then, so, but Megor fundamentally was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, true. It, and, and so him challenging the throne is not unexpected. Whereas Damon, by all accounts, was a fairly de- you know he's a decent knightly gentleman, right? Yes, that's true. And yet somehow decides he wants the throne. It's it's a little bit odd. Yeah, it's it. How you get to how you get from Darren and Damon not really liking each other, but not it not being a big deal to Damon raising his banners. It's really, really confusing. Yeah, so you, you do have to wonder if the supposed um, sort of love interests matter more than perhaps we think. So I think I think the 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 treaty with Dorn is given as an in universe. Frequently given as an in-universe reason for the 
for Damon raising his banners. Yeah. Because, as you said, Because really easily, Darren marries Damon off to, to someone from Tyrosh. I don't, I don't know if that's politically relevant. It doesn't seem to be. Like, Tyrosh isn't exactly... I don't know why. ...on a list of, of important things to, to, to deal with, I would have thought. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't, I don't understand why you would bring in a Tyroshi. But maybe that was his father. Because Darren definitely like pays the dowry. That, that, that's the one bit I definitely remember. Yeah. So that's confusing. But but, but he, he definitely marries his sister Daenerys to Martell. Yeah, because that's how he brings... Dorn into the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. He massively increases the power of the Seven Kingdoms with that marriage. Like absolutely. It's, it's absolutely politically the correct thing absolutely. to do. And you got to wonder if, if Daemon and Daenerys loved each other, like, why not just do the classic Targaryen thing and just get it on? Just you know, bash out ma- marriage is almost irrelevant <laughs> in, yes. in this family tree. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely... <laughs> It's so confusing. So, so, so this I'm just trying to understand why Damon Blackfire would so own his his half brother. So I th- I, th- I think basically I think we come back to Bitter Steel. I don't think it's only Bitter Steel, but I think he plays a huge part because obviously he's got his rivalry with uh, Blood Raven. Yeah, right. Blood Raven is. Not uh, one of the uh, bastards, is he? He's, a, he's one of the great bastards. Is he? Yeah, he is. I never remember him because he he, he lasts for such a long time. As Brendan Brendan Rivers, son of Melissa Blackwood and Egg on the Fourth. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Blackwood is right. Yeah, no, he 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 is a Blackwood and. Um, Bitter Steel is a bracken. That's absolutely true. I'm looking. I'm looking at the um, page on the Nine Mistresses of Aegon the Fourth in the World of Ice and Fire right now. So Bitter Steel and Blood Raven hate each other because of their family backgrounds. So Bitter Steel starts to flame the stories of how, because obviously Aegon the Fourth warred against Dorne, right, trying to conquer them. So yeah. all of the particularly like the marcher lords, the storm lords, would have lost men, lost family, potentially lost land to the Dornish. Then along comes Darren the second, marries a Dornish woman, has Baylor Breakspear as a son who looks more Dornish than Targaryen by all accounts. And then marries, you know, his sister who looks Targaryen, to Marin, Marin the Prince of Dorne. And all of a sudden, Damon Blackfire starts to look like a better option. Yeah, Especially because there are all these rumours about, well, what if Darren isn't even Aegon IV's true-born son? What if he's Aemon the Dragon Knight's son? Would but, we not but the problem is that no one, no one seems to really buy it, right? Because... It's an excuse, I think. But ultimately, the Blackfire Rebellion fails horribly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think in no small part because just. the support he gets isn't 
fully committed. Not all of it is. It splits the Seven Kingdoms down the middle. Yeah, but I think I think the people who stand with Darren actually stand with Darren as opposed to saying, you know, oh yeah. I, I, I feel that... I think you get a lot of second sons and lesser knights that stand with Damon, right? So people like yeah. Quentin Ball... Um, yeah, but he's one of the really big names in all this. Yeah, Quentin, that's Quentin, all they've Quentin, got. <laughs> Quentin Ball is one of the biggest names. You're absolutely right. Um, like the the Peaks side with him. Um, people people like that. People who aren't huge deals. Isn't it a lot of second families? That, yeah, uh, not I, not not the Martels. Not the Martels. Um, what are they called? <sighs> That's completely Dane's. gone. No, 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 no. Second no. families in Dorne? Uh, not in Dorne. I'm thinking of, I think all the Dornish side for Daron. Um, I mean, uh, the, the, the Reach. Not the Tyrells, the High Towers. The, the, the High Towers, yeah, yeah. Uh, not the, although the High Towers don't do it completely, you're absolutely right. Not the Baratheons, but the Peaks and all of that, right? So all of these big names that, Start one big-ish names, but it's uh, but it seems to be the weird thing about the Black Fire Rebellion in general is that none of the really big names seem to get all that involved. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. I think they do. They do enough. This is the thing. They seem to sort of do enough to, if Damon were to start winning, throw their support behind him wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's it sort of they were seeing. It, it, I sort of always get the impression that. that the wider kingdoms didn't care that much. <laughs> no, so just uh, let's support the the ultimate winner. <laughs> it does seem to be a little bit that, yeah. The... I mean, you have you have the the, the severe loyalists because that's why we get multiple rebellions, of course. But yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think what what led to Damon Blackfire's failure is that he didn't convince the single most important person in the kingdom. <laughs> Who's that? Brendan Rivers. Well, no, that's that's probably right because it's Brendan Rivers that ultimately that Max brings down every single rebellion. <laughs> yeah, almost single-handed in some ways. Yeah, being a sorcerer helps. Yeah, I mean, and then he he doesn't he's not content to stop there. And if we have to believe the excellent TV show adaptation, then he more or less wins against the the others as well. Walkers as well. So yeah. good on you, um, Three-Eyed Raven slash Brendan. What's that saying that I always have about him? A thousand eyes and one. A thousand eyes and one, yes. How many eyes does Lord Bloodraven have? Yeah. A thousand eyes and one. Um, yes, no, I think you're. I think you're broadly. He was right. He was using little birds well before old. Um, what's his face? <laughs> Var- Varys. He was varising before Varys was even varised. Yeah. So, so, think, so yeah. I, I mean, I. I, I think- no, you go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, I guess my point is that it, it, it's hard to sort of talk of legitimacy when you don't get the sense that all the big houses were really that invested in it. So an Aaron leads the vanguard of the Loyalists. Yeah. You've got a rain, a peak, a lot of bastards. 
there's a flowers, a, a rivers, a waters, all of these declare. But, but that's the thing, right? It's not. Yeah. It's 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 literally the Iron Throne, and there's no Starks. There's no. Tullys, there's no high towers. I don't think there's no high towers give support to both sides. Yeah, well, exactly, right? It's sort of like, oh yeah, you sort it out. <laughs> As do the oak heights and the tirebacks, and the Tyrells are sort of. I the, the Tyrells are just not there. Uh, so and importantly, the Baratheons—they don't seem to side with either one either, right? I don't think so. No, I think they're, they're, they're an just... important house. I think. I think that's right. I think they stay out of it. But I think if 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 you if we sort of take a step back and look at what the people who who lend their support to Damon, they're trying to make the case. I think that what matters is knightliness, martial ability. Well, because that that argument works the first time round, I suppose. When it is, Damon. It, it it doesn't help for Damon the Second and the rest, all the way down to Melis the Monstrous. Um, yeah. By the way, guys, if by the time if you raise for the like eighth Blackfire Rebellion and your leader has two heads, you're probably not onto a winner. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I feel the support waned and waned and waned. You got to, you, you really have to sort of wonder, you know. Yeah, there's, so there's five, there's five Blackfire rebellions, one peaceful attempt during the Great Council of two thirty three, and the War of the Nine Penny Kings. <laughs> yeah, but at that point, it's kind of just a joke, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think that's right. By the time Melis is killed by Barristan's army on the Stepstones. That's just being silly. It's very, very confusing. So, so we've we've been talking for a fair bit, round and round and round. Am I am I understanding that you don't think Damon has any legitimate claim whatsoever? I don't think that Damon has any claim whatsoever. That's fair. I think I think I broadly agree with you, except why does Darren have a legitimate claim? Does Darren have a legitimate claim? Why does Darren the second have a legitimate claim? Yeah. Well, quite simply for being Aegon the Fourth, the last king's oldest son. Why does Aegon the Fourth have a legitimate claim? I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this all the way to Aegon the Conqueror, by the way, okay. so I'll just I'll just stop there. Aegon the Conqueror, what's his claim to the to Westeros. I yeah, have no, a dragon? Yeah, no, conquest. That's, that's literally it. And in some ways, and this is ultimately what Sir Duncan the Tall always reflects, you know, to himself. He says it He says it quietly to himself. Yeah, and, and again, Eustace Osgrave says it as well, you know, um, the men of the Red Dragon call themselves loyalists, but, you know, we chose the Black were just as loyal once. Yeah. And the sort of it's it's teleological, right? Because if Damon Blackfire wins his rebellion and crowns himself king, then he's got a legitimate claim to being king by Targaryen laws in some ways, right? Because they did it by conquest first. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you keep you can keep if you could hold it, it's yours. Yeah, Dance of the Dragons also shows that you know. <sighs> 
So, so what, what what's your view on that? Because I guess that's sort of where you were going with this. No, it's it's sort of where I'm going. I think my slightly boring view is that no one in Westeros really has a claim to it. Okay, I knew you were going to say you're such a lawyer, you know, a legitimate like, claim. Like, oh, let's um, not make ourselves liable by saying anyone has a claim. Oh, shut up. Uh, but as you say, that's not a particularly satisfying answer. I think there's a difference between, although it's not much of a difference, there is a difference between Aegon the Conqueror essentially forging a kingdom out of nothing or forging a kingdom out of warring states and bringing peace to Westeros, albeit the Field of Fire was pretty much just genocide. Right, as compared with what Damon tries to do and what Rhaenyra and Aegon the Second try to do, and sort of essentially fight over what someone else built. Of course, yeah. I think that I think that does does lend it a measure of. of There's difference. a distinction, but ultimately, up until Ares the Second. Right, there was yeah. support for a particular Targaryen, right? Because they, they fought each other, but they were always supported by various houses. And you're sure people landed on different sides, yeah. But but no one, no one sort of said, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> you don't have any dragons anymore. You came here because of Aegon, etc." Like you know, why should we support any of you? Yeah, no, no one. There's no talk about a breakaway north during the Blackfire Rebellion. Yeah, exactly. Or Aegon the Third's reign, or Baylor the First's reign, or Makar's reign, or anything the, like that. The, the kingdoms all seem to be fairly content to be united under a Targaryen king for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, that, so that, so perhaps that, that apathy lent <laughs> apathy is probably the wrong word for it, but that antipathy to change probably lends the crown some legitimacy. Well, quite, because people are actually sacrificing their own men and, and their own sons in in these wars, right? The Blackfire Rebellions. Yeah. Three times. <laughs> they, they tried this because they were like, we, we legitimately believe this guy is the rightful king. Yes. I you know, I feel like I've used the phrase a public mandate before when we were talking about Aragorn's claim to the, the throne of Gondor. You know when, when, but does that mean when, that when, when you, people say, "Oh, you should be our king," and yes, he's does got that an mean army that if there. enough people say that to Damon, he should be king? Well, in in some ways, yes, right, because not from any sort of Westerosi legal point of view, because obviously there's no people's mandate. But if all the people start supporting Damon, odds are all the houses are going to start supporting Damon, and then odds are Darren the Second just doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, that's true. It, the problem arises when all the people want Damon, and all the lords and stuff want Darren. <laughs> then you get yes. something really messy and ugly. Or, as you see, actually during the first Blackfire Rebellion, when the realm splits. Some of them want Damon, some of them want Daron, some of them don't care, some of them want whoever wins. At, at that point, you do sort of have to ask yourself, why does anyone care? Right? Why, just, just pick a Targaryen and be done with it. But it has, it has such important knock-on... 
this is part of the problem. So you look at, say, this isn't going to be quite, a, this isn't a perfect example, but you look at the Starks at the start of a Game of Thrones, for example. It's something that Cat worries about. If Jon Snow oh, yeah. is more popular than Rob Stark, does that give him a mandate to be Lord of Winterfell? Yeah, she actually invokes the name of the Blackfyres. Specifically, it's the, first, it's the first mention of the Blackfyres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what if Jon has sons, etc.? Because, yeah, her point is that Jon is loyal. Yeah, Jon is loyal, but, 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 but Jon his... has sons. Exactly. Yeah, um, and and Damon started loyal, but he had someone whispering in his ear, or several someones whispering in his ear. Yeah, but he doesn't have the same sort of loyalty as a... No, of course not. A, you know, a man with some stark blood in him. Raised by Ed Stark, of, of all people, as well. <laughs> no, of, of course, of course. They're not entirely comparable. No, with, with the Black Fire Rebellion, at least the first one, the only argument I can see making sense for the involvement of the wider realm is Dawn, right? I think we've both said that a few times now. Yeah, I think that's that's the only... I could see the Reach saying, you know, fuck Daron for giving Dawn so much power. We need yeah. to sort this out. But but they don't. <laughs> so that that's kind of weird. But it is sort it is a reason that a lot of people give for not for if not siding with Damon, at least not throwing their wholehearted support between Daron the second, because they absolutely bled for um Aegon the Fourth and others wars against Dorne, and then to their mind, Darren just bends over backwards, gives Dorne whatever it wants, gives it all of these privileges that the other great houses don't have, and then says, oh, you've all got to be happy with this. It is... And his his firstborn son looks like a Dornishman. Yeah. Never mind that Baylor Breakspear would have been the best king that Westeros ever had. Never mind any of that. He's Dornish. And we've just spent the last 150 years fighting the Dornish or longer in the case of the Stormlords or the Reach. And, and it's yeah, it's particularly weird I guess that you then don't get the Starks, for example, piping up. They, they, they to me seem like the obvious choice to be like hang on a minute. I suspect they don't care. And it's, 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 it's it might like be that. Dance, I'm, I'm sort of trying to look the Starks don't get involved in the dance until the very end when Craig and Stark comes down and goes, stop fucking about. Yeah. <laughs> the, when you look through the lists of supporters for either the Targaryens or the Blackfriars, the Starks aren't there. They they didn't support both sides. They didn't what support either side. Do the Starks have, is, it, is it autumn or do the Starks worried about winter? Probably, yeah. They're like, uh, guys, there's a wall we need to defend. That's literally that's all the Starks ever care about, right? I just don't care, yeah. <laughs> But but you could see them sort of thinking if well if Dawn has been given this much power maybe now's the time to negotiate with Daron, who's clearly a bit of a pushover and, and the good right so maybe you know say to him listen um, yeah, like me yeah. and Starks and Northern Weird and First Men and all that jazz yeah none of the black none of the great houses side with the black fires um. So, so is the realm just apathetic at this point? Maybe, maybe this is the bigger question. Or fed up of it all after the dance, which... which I think it's much more that they just don't care. But also, apparently, so Craig and 
Stark may have survived to see the first Blackfire Rebellion, but it's unclear. His death isn't the date of his death isn't known. But apparently, he had five sons. Um, and they basically bickered over who should be Lord of Winterfell. So this is part of the problem, right? The part of the problem is. The start. The North was busy trying to work out who should be in charge. Well, while the North... thing, yeah, and especially if Craigan is, is essentially "quote unquote" just ridden down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way from Winterfell to King's. That's Island, true. You know? like, <laughs> they've got other shit to do. Yes, that's very true. Which is almost why it's weird that the Arryns got involved because they're they're not I mean, unclear why. Well. But what was it? That's the other question. Was it a real Arryn? Or was it a second yeah, or a third just, just random, yeah. I can't see. Um, it's interesting that the Ironwood supported the Blackfires. Or however you say their names. Um, really? But they're Dornish. Yeah. That's weird. But they're the second house in Dorn. Yeah, really? I get of uh, opportunistic you might say I think, right? I think I think there's a huge amount of that and I think the peaks embody that better than anyone else what Damon had Damon won and crowned and been fully crowned king of the seven kingdoms what that would have shown is that fealty to your liege lord is less important than being able to take and hold what you want Essentially, if yeah. you can make up a claim, then that's fine. This is what the Boltons do in the main series, and what the Reigns and the Tarbacks try to do in early in the reign of uh, Tywin Lannister as well. They try to do this, but the precedent isn't there because Damon didn't succeed. Yeah. And that's fundamentally it, really. Yeah. Damon didn't succeed, and, he, and neither did any of his his followers, as, as we've said. Right? So it's just ultimately no shit. I mean, the second Blackfire Rebellion was a complete joke; never even got off the ground. That's the tournament one, isn't it? Yeah, that's where, where, where Brendan yeah. Rivers just shows up and is like, "Yeah, yeah. can you not do that, please?" <laughs> and then kills them all. One imagines. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's weird. Yeah, so I guess it really just comes down to some level of apathy and not caring and being too busy with other shit. So it's, right. it really is only when Ares II really goes off the fucking rails. Well, the the, the difference is right. So Ares II fundamentally breaks the feudal contract. No, we've discussed this part in the past. The only reason that the don't, war starts... Don't say it. I will hang up. The only reason the war starts is that Robert Baratheon just really loves to swing a big old hammer around. Oh, yeah, no, fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> he's in love. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, no, of course, the only reason they go to war is because of um, a certain Stark lady. But that 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 is... <laughs> That's the inciting incident, 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's the inciting incident. But no, the point, but it, it just comes the out that Ares being fucking mental. Yeah, the point of Robert Baratheon's rebellion is the fundamental breakdown in trust between the king and basically all of his subjects. Right, Robert Baratheon's rebellion, which is really John Aaron's rebellion, works because most of the major houses, other than Tywin, have been planning that rebellion for years. They have been planning to do something for years. That's why Ned Stark marries a Tully. That's why Robert Baratheon was going to marry a Stark. That's why Robert and Ned are both fostered at the Eyrie. They're building a network of alliances to build a power base so as to be able to confront the king for his egregious breaches of the feudal contract. But it's it's even not weirder, right? But but clearly Aegon's conquest has somehow imbued in the people of Westeros that the Targaryen bloodline is is somehow somehow belongs on the throne, right? Because of yeah. all the options they go with Robert Baratheon. Because Robert has something of a claim, because Robert's grandmother is Aegon the Fifth's yeah. youngest daughter. I agree. Exactly, yeah. So they, they they don't stray too far from the already kingly sort of line of succession. No. Although maybe they pick Robert because he he's just fucking angry. I mean I don't know if ahead of time as you say, the inciting incident maybe being that you know, I don't think I don't think but... I don't think Southron ambitions as as that conspiracy is I think often known. I don't think that intended to end the Targaryens. I think it intended to basically end tell Arius the Second has to step down and we'll all stand behind Rhaegar as king, and we need to fix the the way the realm is run. I yeah, th- I that, think... that didn't go very well, did it? Well, no, because Ares went too mad and then Rhaegar nicked off with Lyanna. Yeah. Which broke any possibility of that being... Um, yeah, but it, but it undermines your... It doesn't undermine my contention that Robert's Rebellion has nothing to do with love. No, no, it doesn't. You're just wrong about that. No, what I'm saying is that if if Rhaegar was the intended target, I don't think they put in much effort in terms of trying to convince him. <laughs> I don't think they got a chance. But and but this is again because Robert went mad because well, it's not Robert. Army. It's not Robert. Right. No, but, so, but but Robert's the one who was crowned, I think, because he 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 essentially just kickstarted it, right? Like by no, it's not Robert. You you that's yeah, I know, uh, you you're just going to keep saying Aaron, but who who actually cares about House Aaron? It's an irrelevant. It's John. It's so no 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 no. Because what what happens is Rhaegar and Lyanna elope. Brandon Stark marches to, into King's Landing and demands Rhaegar's head to Aerys. Eris yeah. summons Rickard Stark to King's Landing to answer for what Ra- what Brandon has done and then murders them both and calls yes. for the heads of Robert and Ned and that is what leads to the rebellion. It's Brandon no, that sets it off. That, that's just the, the propaganda that you've been led to believe. 
That was that was the that was the way they explained the fact that Robert Baratheon caused a fucking civil war because he couldn't score. <laughs> wow. Yes. Right. Stand by, stand by that. That's that's cracking. That's absolutely cracking. That's absolutely cracking. Um, yeah, it's funny how how uh, discussion on the Blackfire Rebellion. I think it's all linked, though. It, it is. I think there's a very interesting argument that uh, I mean, it, it's it's pretty obvious that we don't have answers to this. But like, why the, the sort of length of the duration and the the longevity of the claim of any Targaryen to the the Iron Throne is tricky. Part of it is almost certainly because. There's twofold. One, a united seven kingdoms is better for all seven constituent kingdoms. I think. Yes. Centralised law, centralised tax, etc. Um, and two, it's the Targaryens are an external force, so it doesn't yeah. put any of the seven kingdoms above yeah. any of the others. And that is part of the reason why Dorne getting special privileges is so egregious to... Yeah. In theory, you know, the Reach, the Stormlands, but it's, the Vale. It's because also it sets one of them above the others. Yeah, but it's also what's so unbelievably offensive about the ending of the TV show, where they put a Stark on the Iron Throne and then they clear the North Independent. Yeah, I mean, that's just... I, I, that, I, that, yeah. I, other than I that, think, it's a fantastic TV show. I think but, Bran does end up on the throne at the end. I don't think it'll look like that. Uh, I don't think he ends up in King's Landing, for example. Well, you think he's the the puppet master? I think yeah, I think I think it's I think no. it's less nice. I think he's a sort of puppet master king ruling from the Isle of Faces. No, I don't. I don't think he's that guy. I think he might be some sort of caretaker. That's that's how I potentially view him, either directly or, or indirectly. So you, what do you think that the Seven Kingdoms go more independent and sort of have Bran I, as a as a watcher figure? I don't know. I think Bran sorts it out somehow. I don't see him on the throne. Uh, I don't see any Stark on the throne. But I, I think Bran do will see on the throne because because at this point as well, House Baratheon's effectively dead. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to bring back Edric Storm, or or Gendry, Gendry. Yeah, who obviously is the same person in the show. He is he. Ed, Edric Storm is not in the show, and his role is fulfilled basically by Gendry. Yeah, by Gendry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you got the Stormlands to sort out. Well, you but you 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 fix the Stormlands with Edric Storm because Edric Storm is known and popular in the Stormlands. Sure, sure. But the lot of the rhetoric at the end of well, heading towards the end of A Song of Ice and Fire is you know, the p- people talk about Daenerys having a claim, Fagon having a claim and Jon Snow slash will have a claim. Aegon yeah. slash whatever his name might well be. A- I'm, I'm certain his name in this show is Amon. In the show? Not in the show, sorry, in the books. In the books, right, in, yeah, the book, yeah. in, the, in the show, he's Aegon. I'm he's sure Aegon, in the books, yeah, he'll be Aemon. Yeah, so I, I'm inclined to... Oh, I could could be two Aegons. I mean. But why would why would Rhaegon name two of his kids Aegon? Because they love the name. 
Well, I mean, Fagon isn't actually Aegon. That's probably... <laughs> no, but, but, but Rhaegar did have a kid called Aegon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but... No, agreed. Young Griff is not Aegon. Oh, yeah, but that was with Aaliyah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so, so and, and that's that's the thing. It's... It's the fact that everyone's so laser focused on the Targaryen. Although, of course, yeah. I guess in A Song of Ice and Fire, the North. <sighs> After Rob's death, though, is the North even really still interested in independence? It's it's. It was never really a war of independence, was it? Until not not until the fed up with it. Yeah, they crowned well, him king. In not the until Great John jump spots a political opportunity. Yeah, this is yeah the the Great John the North the North plays politics like everyone else. They just are more subtle about it or not yeah. even more subtle they just do it differently but i think we've we've possibly moved far beyond what we were originally beyond, talking yeah about. do you have any question any, which any which was the legitimacy of, of red versus black in some ways right <laughs> exactly any any closing thoughts um well i wonder if in the books we will see black fire again and if it plays any sort of meaningful role, um, I think that's a very good question. You, you do you think Young Griff has it? I think it's in the box. I think the Golden Company has it. I think. Sorry, yes, the Golden Company. Yeah, I don't know if Young. I mean, Young Griff probably is probably in that box. Yeah, yeah Illyria gave it to Young Griff. Although it would be funnier if it was just Dark Sister, which is like close but not quite. <laughs> Yeah, if it was Dark Sister, you'd almost not admit it was Dark Sister because all that does is show you don't have black fire. Like, will anyone actually really know? I mean, I guess that, this is the other bit. thing. This is the other thing. I've seen a lot of suggestion that what's in the box is a reforged Valyrian steel sword. Oh yeah, maybe we have some sort of situation where they reforged. Dark Sister and Blackfire into what into a new ice into the new ice yeah essentially well no no no, no. so that, that's a great idea that wasn't what I've seen suggested what I've seen suggested is that the sword it's it, it's all a, it's all a con so the sword in the box will be called and look like Blackfire but the only person whose word we have that it is in fact Blackfire is Illyrio right yeah who could have just bought a valyrian steel sword and had it reforged to look like blackfire in the same way that i think we might see aegon the conqueror's crown except it's going to be varys or illyrio that tells us it's aegon the conqueror's crown and they yeah. could have just had a crown reforged because because the whole point about young griff is he's the illusion of the real thing so he's going to have all of the things to make him look like the real thing but it's all going to be a hollow imitation it is yeah much like but, but ultimately he's he's irrelevant because there's there's like zero support <laughs> Yeah, because I think for any Targaryen to reclaim the throne, the house you probably need is Dawn, and yeah, they, well, they seem to be firmly in Daenerys's camp. So yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of hoping for the books to just really make much of a bigger deal of the Night King, even though he's not in the books, um, and then just as a sign of formal protest about... by George Martin, just say "fuck all of you." I'm going to kill all of Westeros yeah. in Eternal Winter. Make it about the others, and they lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they weren't united. <laughs> exactly. I think that's a good place on which to end it. Thanks so much for listening. 
to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt, we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise, check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, we'll be back in two weeks' time when we ask, has Marvel jumped the shark? Join us then for more nonsense.